Hey you guys, welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Feelings. I'm so excited to say that again, it's been way too long. Today we sit down with Luke Freiberg, and honestly, what an honor to have him on the podcast. Such wisdom from someone right around my age at such a young age, and I just found myself listening back to it several times and still writing so many notes about things that came out of his mouth, and just we even talked later on how God blows our minds when we talk and really shows through this podcast episode, and we are in the series the future is brighter because right now it just seems like there's no hope it seems like the world is crumbling down but we get to choose how we build it back up so we talk about that a little bit in this episode we talk about how to have healthy community how important that is how it is important for the church not to be judgmental going forward for us to spread love and that's really what's at the core of christianity and we talk about so much more so i couldn't be more excited to introduce you guys to luke freiberg Luke Freiberg (laughs) on the podcast. (laughs) This is so exciting, and I'm very excited about this podcast today. So, Luke, and no one really knows who you are, so do you mind telling a little bit about yourself before we get into it? Absolutely. Um, I love talking about myself. I'm just kidding. That's prideful. (laughs) Um, But a little bit about me. Let's see. I'm about to go into my my, my senior year. At Georgia State Ooh. University, majoring in marketing, finishing up in May. I have uh, I have hopes for where I'll be after that. I hope that it'll be full time vocational ministry, um, but we'll see what God has for me there. Uh, other than that, this quarantine has got me in a habit of um, of reading a lot. So I've never been a strong reader in my entire life. That's a fun mm-hmm. fact. Um, but God's got <laughs> me into some reading and. Um, and let's see, what else is there to know about me? Honestly, I mean, I feel like there's more fun things, but uh, I, I mean, apparently God doesn't want me to talk about it. So um, he won't <laughs> let me remember any of those things. So I feel like I'm a fun person. I feel like other people would say I'm a fun person. Um, and that's all I've got to say. So I'm excited to have this <laughs> podcast. And that's a little bit about me. Luke, I think you're a fun person, if that counts for anything. Hey, I appreciate (laughs) that, Gabby. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, also, what people don't know is you're a great speaker, and you write spoken word, and you're just all around a great mentor over people. Mm. So, with all that being said, I'm going to ask you the question that I've been asking every single person that's gotten on this podcast. Because we're in a series called The Future is Brighter, when you hear that phrase, what comes to your head? Yeah, the future is brighter. Uh, I would yes. say the first thing that comes to my mind um, is just a, a verse, you know, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. something we, I mean, if you grew up in a church that you grew up memorizing this verse, uh, where it says, I know, I, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. And so when I hear the words, you know, the future is brighter, I start thinking about the future that God is saying is brighter um, and the difference between the future that he is saying is brighter and the future that Mm. I myself would say is brighter. Um, I think it's pretty easy to, you know, have our own thoughts and our own ideals of what would be um, the most ideal place for me to be. And I would say, you know, two, three years ago, four or five years ago, 
I would say, you know, five years from now, if I could script out my life exactly how I think it would be realistically, um, this yeah. is where I would be. And when, when I look back mm-hmm. at that, I would say I'm in a much more place that is glorifying to God and good for me than I would have scripted out five years ago. And I know that I'll be saying the same thing five years from now, 10 years from now. Um, and that's just the faithfulness of God saying that the plans yes. he has for us um, are so much better. And, and Isaiah 55 talks about um, how his thoughts are higher than ours, how his ways are higher than ours. Um, and so wh- whatever my thoughts are or whatever I'm thinking, God's ways are so much higher than that. And so the future that he says is brighter. When I hear the yes. future is brighter, I say the future that God says is brighter is better than what I am saying is brighter. Mm, Luke, that's so good. Okay. So I know I didn't ask you this before, but I started thinking about this. When we, God doesn't give us what we want in the moment. How Mm. is your response when God doesn't give that to you? Or if someone's listening to this and they're like, well, I wanted this and I don't see how God's way is better than the way I wanted. What's your best advice to that person? Yeah. Well, let me just start out by saying, I thank God for unanswered prayers. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say there are so many prayers that I have prayed where, goodness, if God would have said yes to every single prayer, it's like, uh, what is it, in Bruce Almighty, when uh, he just does control all to everyone's prayers as yes, and then it's just like chaos goes up. Because (laughs) if everyone were to get what they asked for, then everything would just, it would crumble. It's not something that is realistic and it's not what God has in store for each and every one of us. It doesn't give him the glory that he deserves rightfully because he's God. And it doesn't give us the good because we don't know the future. We're not God. Um, And so my biggest advice there is, you know, when, when you're asking for things and you're not getting them first, I would say to, to check your heart a little bit. Um, I mean, I know it says in, uh, in the Psalms, that um, God gives us the desires of our heart, but there's a whole lot of context that's there. Um, it's like for those who delight in him. And I think if you're genuinely delighting in God, then you start wanting what God wants for you. And as your desires start changing, um, then you'll start to have your prayers get answered because everything you're praying for is what God wants for you. And he says, oh, you're finally asking for this. I've been waiting for you to ask for this. Here it is. Mm. And um, I just think that's that's how that equation is supposed to work. I, I don't think, um, and, and by no means does this mean that your relationship with God is weak if your prayers aren't getting answered. I would yeah. just say, if you feel like your prayers aren't getting answered as much, I would say it's more, it, it's way less of a check on God, but more of a check on us of saying, okay, how much am I delighting in God? Um, and yeah. consistently walking with him and sitting in his word and meditating with him and worshiping him. As, as we start to do that, that's when that delight changes. And then your prayers will start to get answered because the kind of prayers you're praying will change. Mm, that's good, Luke. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking about also why you were saying that. What would be your response if someone isn't just praying for a mundane thing, but they're praying for healing of someone who's really sick and they're not seeing results or they're praying for something that's big. They don't have a job. They're praying for that job. What do you think the best advice would be for someone in that situation? Yeah, I think there's definitely there's, there is those moments that come where 
um, a close family friend gets in a car accident or there's yeah. you know cancer that enters into the family or you're in a tough financial spot and you need a job. There's so many different things that are like can come into the mind. And as you're starting to sit in those situations and you're talking to God and you're, you're saying like, hey, God, I, I really need you to move here and I've been waiting for you to move. And it seems like you're not moving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's nothing that holds God back. That's biblical. Nothing holds God yeah. back from anything. So uh, I would say in those situations, there is perseverance because um, I would say because nothing holds God back, there are situations that we do find ourselves in. Um, bad things don't come from God. However, God will let you sit in a bad place if it's going to stretch you or if it's going to grow mm-hmm. you. Um, and so I would say in those situations, um, definitely keep on praying. Keep on praying for those yeah. good things. Pray for healing and pray for a breakthrough and pray for a job or pray for God to reveal the school you're supposed to go to or the job you're supposed to step into. Don't stop praying, but you can't just pray for those things. You also have to sit back and, and realize and sit in the moment and be like, okay, well, what is, Pastor Louis said this, he said, um, what is this pressure that I'm feeling trying to break in me? Um, mm. and, and it's like, okay, what is this pressure I'm feeling, this thing I'm going through? Obviously, God's not putting me here for no reason. This pain yeah. or this moment is not meaningless. So while I'm here, I'm going to go ahead and try to figure out what is God trying to break in me? Is it a bad habit um, or is it uh, something that has been holding me back from the purpose that he's put onto my life? Or is he trying to grow me or make me a more relatable leader so that after going through different various trials or going under hardships, because of the experience that I now have, I can relate to a greater group of people to comfort them through that. Like this kind of just goes back to the future's brighter that we have yeah. absolutely no idea how God <laughs> wants to use us. And so yeah. no matter like what you're sitting in, you're in that season for a reason. And so that would be my biggest encouragement. I know everyone hears that, but um, mm-hmm. I hope that the, the background of that explanation makes it sit a little bit easier because it's it's hard to hear you know, yeah. when you're in those situations, hey, you're there for a reason. Like, oh, sick. What's the reason? Because I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to kind of have a little bit more of an explanation of like, yes, there is a reason and it's not meaningless. This pain is not just doing nothing. It's making you into the person that Jesus wants you to be. You're never going to have more in common with Jesus than when you're suffering because that's what he did the most when he's on earth. So. Oh, that was so I've been reading so many verses in the Bible recently. And it's like, no, we're going to suffer with God and we're being crucified with him. But we're also going to sit in his glory. And whenever Mm -hmm. I hear that, I'm like, okay, that makes right now this moment that I'm sitting in so much more worth it. Because I know that there's victory on the other end. And I know Mm. that my perspective is bigger than this moment. right? Absolutely. Yes. Romans 8.18 says it's like. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing Mm. to the glory that is going to be revealed to us. And just like you said, Gabby, I mean, it's just, it's not worth it. Right before that, it's talking about being an heir with Christ. And it's because of that, that we get to consider these sufferings, not as something worth comparing to the glory that is coming for us. Oh, this is so good. I love this topic. Okay. Oh. <laughs> also, I was thinking while you're talking, too, in these moments, sometimes it's easy to feel hopeless in those mm. tough 
moments where you're like, God, I really don't see you in this moment. So in your times of your life, when you've just felt hopeless, how have you gotten out of that or changed your mindset despite the circumstances that are around you? Yeah, I think a huge part of that is surrounding yourself with good leaders as well as Mm -hmm. good community. Um, And and it's that fellowship, like God loves to speak through his word, but he also loves to speak through other people. And um, when you're in those situations where it's like, God, I need a word from you. I need some hope. I need some boldness or some confidence because right now I am not feeling it. Um, It's those moments where when it's when your flesh is too weak to pull you and your soul is too weak to pull you to the scripture, it's those moments where God will put in someone's ear when they wake up that morning. Hey, I need you to call Luke because Luke is sitting in a season right now where he doesn't know what school he's going to go to or how he's going to get into a job in ministry by going to a a secular school, learning about marketing. He has no idea what he's doing right now and he's not getting into words. So I need you to call him. And that happened to me all throughout senior year and the summer (laughs) after that, because I had no idea what I wanted to do. But, um, but God was so gracious to use other people and so gracious to put it in their ear and put mentors in my life. So I would say um, when, and kind of tagging along with that, finding those people is not going to be easy. I mean, you definitely, um, like if you're just going into college, best advice I can give you is you don't have to be friends with the first people you meet uh, because Mm -hmm. oftentimes those people aren't the people that'll be with you for a lifetime. Um, But you want to seek out and find those people that are going to be your accountability partners and then also seek out and find different people, older people that are going to be your mentor, um, because Mm -hmm. those are going to be the people that God uses. Those are going to be the people that you can go to. um, And it's it's something that's going to require humility that you need to lower yourself to say, hey, I really need good friends and I really Mm -hmm. need a good mentor. And I am humble enough to say I don't have it right now. And I'd love to see if you were interested in doing that, if you would meet once every other Tuesday to just talk about these things. And uh, because for me, that's what really got me through those those dark seasons was having accountability brothers and a mentor who could consistently speak life into me when I wasn't getting in the word to hear it myself. Oh, Luke, that that was also especially I think it was important for people to realize that the first people you meet, you don't have to cling on to. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes that's the way that the devil can get to us the most is by saying, Oh, I know that these people might not be the best for you, but you're going to be alone without them. Right, and exactly. he tricks you into getting in the wrong community. So I think mm-hmm. it's very important that you just talked about that. And for someone who struggles with finding friends though, how would be the best steps you would tell them to go out and find those people? Yeah. Um, goodness. It, it really is just, I mean, I would say one pray for boldness and confidence because that's probably what, what that person would be lacking in the most. But, um, I think a huge part of it is, is humility. I mean, it's, um, someone saying, uh, like in their mindset, like, Oh, I don't feel comfortable, you know, going out, reaching out, talking to all these people. Like, what if they don't like me or what if they don't want to hang out with me? What if I cling on to them Um, but they really feel like I'm just clingy and they don't actually want to be around me. There's all these questions that kind of just can bombard the mind of why I don't want to go out and find that community or find those people. Um, And I just think it's a huge step of humility. And I mean, I just like 
in scripture, one of the biggest acts of humility that I've ever seen, um, and, and it, it usually gets pinged as a huge act of faith. And I mean, Jesus marveled at it. So it's obviously a huge act of faith. But I love to pinpoint the humility in the story. It's about the centurion with a sick servant. Um, and he, he's, he's like coming up to Jesus in the midst of this huge crowd. Um, and it's a Roman official who's asking a Jewish prophet, a Jewish healer, to heal his servant. And I think about this story and um, what the Bible does say, not in words, but through context, is that a Roman official is asking a Jewish person for help. And that yeah. never happens. Uh, a Roman official, someone who's like, there's a whole lot of cultural differences and they definitely don't like each other. And this Roman official is having to, you know, lower himself to where, I mean, he doesn't know who Jesus is. Like what could have happened is Jesus who could have just turned around and been like, oh, everyone look at this Roman who's been pestering us Jews for so long, but now he's asking us for help. And like Jesus yeah. totally could have made a spectacle out of this to make the Roman soldier feel bad, but he didn't do that. Or the Roman could have, the Roman soldier, the official could have been worried about what his fellow Roman officials would have said about him. Uh, but yeah. he had so much love for his servant that he cast aside all of those things and humbled himself to come to the feet of Jesus and say, hey, I need your help and I need you mm. to heal my servant. And I believe that you can not, you can, you don't even have to come to the house. You can just do it right here. And um, so it's a huge display of faith, but it's also humility. And so I would say to that person yeah. who is a little uncomfortable reaching out to those people, I would just say, Hey, like, I understand how difficult that is. I, I personally, um, I can't relate to that situation, but I have seen it before and I know it's going to be hard, but you have to humble yourself and whatever questions are coming into your mind of what are the what ifs of how this could go wrong, just kick all of those out the door and just think about the fact that those friends that you're seeking after and those mentors you're seeking after could literally mm -hmm. save your life and could literally save yeah. your emotions. They could save your relationships. They could save everything in your life because God's going to speak through them. There's no debate about mm -hmm. that. He's going to. And so you'd be cutting yourself off, not from just community or mentors, you'd be cutting yourself off from the potential voice of God. So uh, hopefully that's enough to kick you over the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we just pushed you towards those Yeah, people. hopefully. <laughs> but, oh my goodness. Okay, I feel like that's so important. And for some reason, when you were talking about that and the humility thing, it made me start thinking about comparison. And I feel like another reason we might have a harder time communicating with other people or getting that community is because we do look at other people and we go, well, we'll never amount to that person's perfection. So mm. you being a guy, especially, because I feel like girls, we talk about this all the time, but guys don't get the chance to talk about it as much. So being a guy, how do you think comparison goes into community and how hard it is to find that community? Oh, yeah. No, comparison is huge for guys, but no guy would ever admit that because uh, <laughs> if, if they start talking about comparison, it turns into competitiveness and no oh, guy yeah. likes to lose. Um, mm -hmm. I, would, I would say, I mean, comparison starts um, from the very, like as soon as we come into this world, there's tons of yeah. things for us to compare to. I mean, I remember in... Uh, um there's like a basketball hoop outside the church and like right before youth group we're just playing basketball and I'm comparing myself to all these guys playing basketball and these are the same <laughs> guys I'm comparing myself to them in basketball as I am in bible study 
when I'm trying to make sure I have the best points of the Bible study uh, ahead of mm. all of them. Like comparison yeah. is absolutely huge because um, like you said, like as guys, guys are like through sk- scripture, we're called to be the leaders, the leaders of households um, and, and of the church and of all these things. And so there's a lot of gravity and weight that's placed on us. And so being yeah. better than the guy to our left or the guy to our right, um, that eats at us. And so uh, yeah. like coming around just that topic, I would say um, like, like my encouragement in that would be your comparison to other people. You're comparing yourself to people who are not perfect. Uh, so ultimately, if you are less than them, it's okay because they're not perfect anyways. And so you're comparing yourself to someone that's not perfect. And if you're better than them, you better not let pride get in the way because you're comparing yourself to someone who is a sinner, just like yourself. So congratulations. (laughs) You're better than the next best sinner. Um, I would just say like that, that mindset, don't compare yourself to other people because it fails either way. If you're winning or losing, compare yourself to the person whose image you were made in which is God Um, and Jesus who came down to this earth and lived for 30 plus years and he's walking and he's doing things in perfection. And so we don't have to live in the mindset of like, oh, well, if that's the standard, I'm never going to reach it. Obviously not. That's Jesus. He is perfect, but we are called to, you know, be sanctified and through the process of sanctification, which is just us being made more like Jesus. That's what he's calling us Mm -hmm. into. And so comparison should not be something where it's side to side or horizontal. It should purely be vertical of us looking up and seeing um, the the actual picture of Christ. And I know, I know I'm rambling, but this is one of the things that I love talking about the most is um, <laughs> the comparison of us and who Jesus is making us to be. In James 1, yeah. it talks about the testing of our faith. Um, and I love the analogy that is being used here. Uh, where it's like the the testing of our faith, the heating up. Um, And and it's actually like the analogy that's being made is there's a pot of silver, impure silver that has all these impurities in it and it heats up super, super hot. So the impurities rise to the top and then the silver hardens and the uh, tester scrapes off the impurities from the top. He reheats it. So more impurities rise up and keeps scraping it off. And this is the process of sanctification because we are getting put into the fire impure things scraped off of us Mm. um and then in the end it's that the tester would be able to look into the pot of silver and it would be so pure that he can see his own face his own reflection in us um and so that's that's the goal for us is that we wouldn't compare ourselves side to side that we would compare ourselves with jesus while without putting insane expectations on us but with this mindset of that's who i'm going for that's who i want to be in this world and allowing him to put us through the fire to get there. Oh, you just spoke such fire when you were talking. I was almost <laughs> like, I need to start writing notes right here. <laughs> hey, no, it's all good. God has just been, uh, he's been winding me up for somewhere to talk. So this is it. This is the outline. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh my goodness. Okay. And also one thing going into what you were talking about though, is you were talking about almost your, oh, congratulations. You're the next best center. And I feel Mm. like something that has really been something going forward in 2020 is breaking down 
the church from its legalism and its judgmental side. And it's, I think it's one thing to, as Christians to look at a other person and be like, oh, hey, and help them out. But we've gotten this negative narrative on us of a judgmental side. So what do you think, what are your thoughts on the way that sometimes the world sees Christianity as judgmental or legalism? And how do you think that we can break that off and get to the core of how our relationships are supposed to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ and the people who don't believe in Christ and how we're supposed to love other people in the process? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the first thing that I think of when just this whole topic um, was, I don't know if you got the opportunity yet, but to hear Carl Lentz and Logan Paul talk for an hour and a half um, about, no. um, this was an amazing podcast where like Logan Paul, uh, who, who isn't a Christian and uh, doesn't yeah. have a, a relationship with Jesus, was just asking all of these really good questions as someone who doesn't understand it. Um, and so I'd say that's definitely a resource just further on this topic alone. But um, yeah. I would say it is it, it, like the Bible and Jesus was so much more um, like as far as legalism goes, there used to be all the commandments. There used to be all these rules. You go through Leviticus, you see it all in the Old Testament. Yeah. However, what you what you see in the New Testament is you see Jesus flipping the entire legal system and, and just mm-hmm. saying, hey, I yeah. got two commandments that you love God and you love your neighbor. And um, ultimately, it's just love. Love mm-hmm. is something that gets thrown around so much. But Um, I love how in Greek, there's actually four different words for love. Um, And one of them would be agape or agapeo. And it's unconditional love Um, to love someone to the point where no matter what they do, uh, you're still going to choose to love them, which is is a, a hard commitment, a hard act to do. However, I would say if there's anything that's going to flip the legal system or the, the problems that are, are going on in this world um, where people view the church as judgmental or legalistic, um, those yeah. things are not not going to change unless the church um, as a whole stops choosing to do all these, these judgmental things. And I know there's different denominations, there's different um, you know, parts of the church that, yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll go out and say that they're doing it the wrong way. Um, I mean, I go into Georgia State where the student center um, in our courtyard, where we have people telling them that Jesus hates them. Um, yeah. That's not the right way. Uh, and mm-hmm. so it, it hurts me so much to see those things happening. And yeah. um, I don't think there will be ever, ever be any change unless everyone as a whole hits the realization that, OK, Jesus was so much more about love. That was his actual commandment. And then as we start mm-hmm. loving people well and start loving them unconditionally, they're going to start yeah. to see that and then say, hey, I actually really like the way that you as a Jesus follower, as a, as a Christian, have been loving me. It's different from how that Christian tried to love me. It was actually really tough love. Um, yeah. I really like the way you've been loving me. And I'm starting to see like that's the love that is real. And now I'm starting mm. to feel it from someone that's not a person, from someone that's a God, is this love for me. And then they start to have this heart change. And then, you know, just back to what we were saying earlier, they start delighting in God. They start praying good prayers. And then there starts to be actual uh, revival in this world. I think that's how it's yes. going to be. Um, and it's also going to be, you know, how like we as young people growing up and, and living in this time, um, once we're older, we're starting to get into the age where we get married and then have kids, like how yeah. we raise those kids or how we mentor younger people 
is going yeah. to be absolutely huge in how this country and how this world takes a turn for the good. So Ooh. no, that's so good. That's so good. I have several different like things in my head. I'm already wanting to ask you. <laughs> but before I get too much into the depth of everything I'm gonna ask you, there might be someone on the podcast who's listening and they were those people who go out and they're like, Well, you're going to hell. Yeah. And to those people, they might be like, or to anyone else listening, a lot of people, I've actually had conversations with people where they say there's a formula on how you tell people about God. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. let's take it back a second. Mm. And I'm like, there isn't a requirement on how you have to go about it. So yeah. someone who just simply doesn't know how to tell other people about God, what would be your best way of describing how to share God's love and how to share God? in a way that's bold and that it actually has change behind it, change in people's hearts and shows God in the way that he's supposed to be shown. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say no matter what the circumstance, because we are supposed to model ourselves after the life of Christ, of Jesus, that no matter what situation we're in, whoever we're trying to reach, we find Mm -hmm. a person in the Bible who is as similar to that person as possible and watch how mm. Jesus interacted with them. Um, I would say if it's a person who is stuck in sin, or for, like, for example, a person who's stuck in sin, um, they're doing something that the Bible is against. Maybe it's you know, homosexuality, or it could be um, like adultery or anything like that. And then you, yeah. you look at scripture and you say, okay, how did Jesus treat a person doing that exact thing or something along the, those lines? And yeah. you look at Jesus and how there was a woman caught in adultery about to be stoned by the world. And Jesus just kind of looks at the accusers and writes some things in the sand and the accusers are gone. And then he looks at her and he says, where are your accusers? And they're mm-hmm. gone. And he goes, okay, go and sin no more. You know, Jesus isn't coming in, picking up a stone and saying, hey, I'm going to hit you with this stone because yeah. you deserve it. Or I'm going to hit you with a stone. You better start running and never do what you just did again. That's not how Jesus is doing it. Um, I would say whatever the situation is, no matter. Find someone in the Bible that is similar to that person and watch how Jesus interacted with them and model your interactions exactly how he did his and then you'll start to see an actual love that is uh from the bible that's from jesus that completely flips this world upside down oh that's i've never heard it said quite that way and i really like that to find someone in the bible and reflect the way that jesus treated that person because i think that's the best way to go about it and i have just never even thought about that so that's great (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) But also, okay, so we talked about the people who have a hard time sharing God's love because one, it's something that honestly we don't talk about a lot in the church. But what about the person who has been judged before? I had so many friends wherever I moved that would be like, Gabby, you're the first person who's actually loved me. And you're the first person that's actually like showed interest in me, even though we have different beliefs. And I'm not a Christian, but you still treat me like a human being. So what would you? You tell the person who had been judged when they walked into church for what they were wearing, or they had been prejudged or hated on by a Christian for mm. from they saw Christianity as hatred instead of love. What would you tell that person? Yeah, I would just I mean, I would make sure to tell them that um, like God is 
and, and Jesus as a person is not the kind of person to treat you how those people did. Um, and even yeah. though they may claim to be Christians, they're still humans and humans still sin. That's just the biggest struggle mm-hmm. that we have is we all have temptations and we all fall into sin. And one of those biggest sins is judged is being judgmental. Um, and yeah. so I would just tell them uh, and I would tell, you know, the listener on this podcast talking directly to you um, that I'm, I would like to apologize on behalf of the mm. church as a whole. Uh, I yeah. am so sorry for the way that some people have made you feel. Um, it is mm. not right. I promise you it is not the way that Jesus operates or the way he loves. Um, that's not the way he is. Jesus is, uh, is God and God is just and um, he does do things justly, but he does things justly just as equally as he does things with love. And so um, I want to make sure mm. there's a heavy emphasis on that, that he does love you so much. Um, and he yeah. is so much more in the business of making sure you feel his love rather than um, you feeling judged by the church or making yourself feel like like pointing out every single thing that you've done wrong. Though, because he knows the way he loves you and by his love on you, that's going to start to change you from the inside out. And that's yeah. going to be the quickest way to actually get some life change going. So um, that's what I would say, that it is just a, a emphasis on love that needs to be had um, and just an etch-a-sketch of all of the improper love air quotes that people have <laughs> uh, tried to push on people. So, yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. Before we got on the podcast, I want to bring this up in our closing is you had something really special that has been on your heart for a long time and it's mentoring over high school guys. And I Mm. feel like that's such a critical time and we don't talk about it enough. So what exactly is your passion behind helping high school guys and mentoring over them in a Christian perspective? Yeah. Oh my goodness. This is, um, (laughs) you know, I, I could go for another hour on this, but I will not do that for the sake of the listeners. Um, but, uh, Goodness, this is my ultimate passion that high school guys would be the kind of guys they wouldn't have to wait till they're 30 years old, married with two kids to actually realize, Mm -hmm. oh, man, I should have, you know, learned this sooner. I should have became a man here sooner. I want high school guys to hit that point while they're in high school. And then be able to lead the different teams they're on or the different friend groups or um, girlfriends or, you know, future spouses. I want these guys to lead them well um, and for it to not wait until they're older in their late 20s to get there. I want to see life change when they're in high school. Um, And so, you know, like the reason for that is because of me, like myself. Um, as I'm about to graduate college and about to step into um, whole new seasons that are, you know, it could be vocation or like where I want to be working in ministry or where I want to be married, um, things like that. Like there's a, a standard yeah. of who I want myself to be in that moment. You know, like when I start yeah. leading a, a ministry, there's a standard of who I see myself as. And I, I, I can't be anything less than what I see that as because that's the standard that's required to feel the gravity of that situation, that position, and not crumble under it, but actually create something mm. there that will flourish. That's the standard that I see. Um, there's, I mean, there, you could try to write it out. I don't even think that there's a way to write out <laughs> the exact standard. Um, yeah. I just, you know, it's something you know when you're there. 
Um, and yeah. I, I thank God for how gracious he's been to help me grow exponentially and rapidly within the last two years. Um, but I, I wish that I had been here sooner. You know, I, I wish that it mm-hmm. wouldn't have taken yeah. this long. And I wish that I would have had community and, and mentors and other guys in my life that were older than me sitting over me and then and having them meet with me on a Tuesday morning and saying like, hey, what are some of the things you're struggling? Like, oh, uh, you're struggling with yeah. less? Okay, yeah, that's a lot of the guys. Let's attack that. Um, but I also mm-hmm. want to yeah. talk about, you know, what do you, what do you think you believe when you say you're a Christian? Uh, what yeah. do you, what do you say um, about budgeting? Like, what are some of these things that, you know, they're practical skills that you need to be a man in the church and outside of the church in the world. Um, things yeah. that we just need to know. And I wish that I had guys in my life that were teaching those things to me um, when I was in high school, not, not uh, you know, yeah. when I'm 25 or when I'm 30. And I'm like, hey, uh, I'm in debt still. I thought that I'd be out of student loans by now, but uh, <laughs> I need some help with this. So yeah. um, that's, that's the background of the passion there. Yeah. I love that so much. And I just love your passion for that. Because I feel like, again, we talked about this beforehand, not a lot of people, even though it's not a sensitive topic, they don't have the boldness to step out and talk about it. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of been a silent topic, even though there is no harm in talking about it. But I think that's the great, a great way the devil uses is our silence to create more chaos in our heads. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in especially guys, it's created that. And it goes back to the comparison issue and all these different questions that guys have. So I'm just so excited about this. I don't even know which way to take it. But <laughs> okay. So as a guy, what are some of the mistakes in the past that you really regret making and wish that you could go back and tell yourself not to do it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, um, one of my biggest struggles all throughout high school uh, was lust um, and, and honestly yeah. just fooling around with other girls and um, and doing things that I know I shouldn't have been doing. And in the moments like that, um, it's you, you don't feel the weight of the repercussions of your sin. Um, the devil really likes to delay them for months, even years or a decade after that. Um, I know yeah. a, a pastor that I very much respect. Um, I remember him telling me about his experience of, um, you know, he had sex before marriage with a lot of different girls. And then you bring yeah. that into marriage and his wife who stayed pure for him, um, who, who he saved herself for him the whole first year of their marriage where they're supposed to be enjoying this, this uh, act that God created for his, for their good and for his glory yeah. Um, was was something that they couldn't fully enjoy because she had the insecurity and the comparison of her versus all of the other girls that he had had before. Um, and it's like, yeah. you know, you that's a repercussion that that pastor that I respect, he didn't know that that was going to be something that he would have to fight 10 years before that when he was doing all those things. And so mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. you you have no idea the repercussions and the consequences of the acts that you're doing now. And you may think, you know, this is something that I'm doing right now. You know, once I get married, then I'll clean up my act. Um, I'll start living a little bit more pure. It's like, no, why are you delaying the glory that God would be given and the blessings that he wants to put on your life by just a little bit of fun or a little bit of uh, like taste of temptation and of sin? Like that's, it's so much less 
beautiful. It's so much less sweet than what God actually wants to give you. And it's, you know, you, when you choose not to delight in him, then you, you don't ask for those things and you start having little taste of, uh, of, of sin and things that the devil is trying to feed you. And so, um, I honestly forget what the original question was, but, uh, <laughs> that's like, that's kind of my encouragement. And that it's like, that's something that I struggled with. Um, and wow. I, I, I probably still don't know the fullest extent of, um, what the repercussions will be, but, uh, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thankful that God cut me off and, and saved me when he did, because I don't know where I would be without him. Um, and so, yeah. Uh, he's so good and he's so faithful to pull me out of that. And um, I'm definitely thankful. And um, that's why, again, that's just another reason why I want to like capture the hearts for God of all of these high school guys that I can, because um, those are the guys that are going to be the future leaders of not just their families, but someday it could be this country um, or it could be a business that is thriving. Um, I want those leadership positions to be filled by men who have experienced since their high school days of being a, a, a godly leader, someone who reads the Bible and applies it to their life um, and makes it something that they don't just talk about on a Sunday, but they live out on a Monday. Um, yeah. So that's the dream. No. That's the passion. I love it. And I feel like, okay, right now for a second, I'm going to talk to the ladies. Mm. So Go on, Luke, girl. He is his passion is for high school boys but a lot of this can also apply to the girls who are listening to this because mm-hmm. even though we don't really talk about it that much lust is an issue in the feminine world and we have the exact same struggles as the boys yeah. so those conversations take us being bold and talking about them so one thing why we're on the topic is just to take those bold steps and talk about it with your girls because likelihood they've struggled with the same thing or we're in this new generation where we have all these things at our fingertips and we all kind of struggle with the same thing so my encouragement too is this everything that Luke said don't just apply it to the guys apply it also to the girls because the girls, you guys are still struggling with and everything he said is true to you too. But also mm-hmm. it's very important for the guys to hear it because they don't get spoken into as much as sometimes we have more boldness in our empathy towards our emotions and what we go through. So we have the ability to talk about it a little bit easier than the guys. So yeah. something I think is really cool that Luke is doing is he's addressing that these are the things that sometimes the guys don't really talk about as much. He's mm-hmm. wanting to break open the chains that, oh, guys can only talk about this, this, and this. He's trying to speak into them in ways that they didn't know they're allowed to ask questions. He's speaking into them in ways that they can actually be open and have a safe spot to talk about the things that they don't really talk about. Because us girls are a little bit easier about bringing up past traumas, things that we're going through. We're a little bit more of an open book where guys tend to be a little bit more closed off depending on the guys but it's kind of been a stigma on them so I really like Luke what you're doing because we talked beforehand and it's really about opening up the boundaries and opening up the conversation and standing in that gap for this next generation of okay I'm going to talk about it with you guys giving the ability for other people to talk about it yeah which I think is really cool yeah and just adding on to what you were saying to the ladies, this is, I mean, you didn't ask for this, but I just felt like God wanted me to say this because uh, if, (laughs) if there is one piece of advice that I could give to any girl who's thinking about, you know, who am I supposed to marry one day? Who am I supposed to date? Um, 
the biggest criteria that you can have for that guy, um, everything else will fall under this umbrella, but the biggest criteria is um, he will never be able to lead you unless he can lead himself. And mm-hmm. he will not be able to lead himself unless he's entirely submitted to God. So yeah. if you don't see any you know, signs that he is in full submission to the Father, then he is probably not going to be able to lead himself well. And if he can't lead himself well, then he definitely will not be able to lead you well. So that's another part of why I, of, of why I'm, I'm so invested and passionate about high school guys is I want them to be, you know, like not just yeah. men ready to go out into this world and flourish, but I want them to be men ready to date girls and uh, marry girls and lead women. Sorry, not girls, women. Uh, <laughs> These guys like actually be men who are able to yeah. lead those women because they know how to lead themselves because they are so submitted to the father and the father's will for them. So, um... but following out all of this, because I've had such a fun time recording this podcast with you, is there anything, any finishing thoughts that you want to say to anyone? Yeah, uh, I would probably just wrap it all up coming back around this whole theme of um, the future is bright. Uh, I would yes. just say, um, thinking about that, like it is ultimately uh, God is the one who's, who's writing the plan. We just have to mm-hmm. heed the call. And um, there is, you know, you have to base your faith and make the decisions that you're making and the plans and everything that you're going. Do it off of what God said he would do not what he's mm. what he could do you know god yeah. can do just about anything um he is all powerful he's the one who does i mean he really can do anything yeah um, but that doesn't mean that he will do everything for you and so um mm. listen to the call or where he's calling you and where you are wherever you are planted um stay there and and actually dig your roots deep um if he's if he called you there in the first place then he's calling you there for a reason And if you Mm -hmm. want to try to realize like, okay, why am I actually here and take some time and just write out, okay, what are some of the confirmations over the past six months that God has me here for a reason? It could be um, you're leading a group of freshman guys and it's like, hey, um, what are uh, some of the things that have happened in the last six months that have just made it so worth it, made me realize, okay, this is why I'm doing this and just write those things out. Um, Or maybe it's like, you know, you may be feeling a call to go somewhere else. And um, like if you do uproot yourself from somewhere to go follow a different calling, then it it should be understood that that uprooting this from where you are right now should hurt. Um, You know, if you really dug deep, if you really went in and invested where you were, where God had you, then it's probably going to hurt a little bit to uproot yourself from there and going somewhere else. And if, if it doesn't hurt at all, then you probably weren't that rooted or invested in that first ministry in the first place. Um, yeah. And so I would just say as an encouragement, you know, wherever you are right now, dig deeper where you are there right now. Um, mm. I know that it may seem you know, like in a season like this where there's a quarantine or there's a pandemic, um, <laughs> like it's like, okay, how on earth am I going to dig deeper? I can't even hang out with the, the people that I've been leading or my mentor. I can't even yeah. hang out with them. Like, okay, well, you got FaceTime, you got Zoom, you got different mm-hmm. ways that you can, you know, still keep up with them. Um, I got in Jared Chapel, who in the very start of this quarantine, he was doing Zoom game nights where we would play <laughs> board games over Zoom. 
Um, he was doing it. He leads a bunch of high school guys that are about to go yeah. into college now. Um, and those guys love him so much. Uh, and so it's like he he's doing it right. He's doing quarantine right. And he's, yeah. he's faithful where he is in his um, ministry. And, and so he's yeah. just digging deep, deep roots. And I don't know where he's going to be years from now. He's one of the smartest, most dedicated guys I know. He leads the He Would Love First brand. Um, but he's like wherever he is, I know that it's going to be painful for him to uproot himself from those guys. But yeah. I also know that wherever he gets called to, he's going to just dig new roots and he's going to fertilize it. He's going to water it. And ultimately, it's going to be God that makes him grow. Um, and the ministry that he gets into next is going to be huge. And so um, mm. <laughs> and don't, you know, model your life after Jerry Chapel. Model it after Jesus because um, <laughs> we don't compare horizontally. It's always vertically. Uh, that's just coming full circle. But um, that's my final <laughs> encouragement that we would just. Um, dig deep roots where we are. And then when we hear a calling, let us make decisions based off of what we hear Jesus say, not what we think he can do. Oh, Luke, I needed to hear some of that stuff for myself. Like I legit, I could have been taking notes when I'm re-listening to this. I probably will. It was such, <laughs> I am so happy that I had you on the podcast today. I really oh, I'm so happy it. to be here and thank you so much for inviting me and bringing me on <laughs> um, and just for doing all of this in the first place. I know that, I mean, you've already had um, over a dozen of these and I know that they have touched so many hearts, um, including mm -hmm. my own. So I appreciate you listening to your own call from God um, and hearing him say, hey, I want you to do this podcast and you just listened and you moved. Um, so kudos to you. And uh, I think you got a good thing going here. So uh, keep it up. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Unfiltered Feelings. Please follow us on Instagram at Unfiltered Feelings. Also, feel free to leave us a review. I would love to hear your feedback. Or if you ever wanted to DM Unfiltered Feelings, I would love, love, love to talk to you. I hope you guys have a great week this week. Bye, you guys. <laughs>